Welcome to BMW WWE episode 1.75. Um, today I wanted to talk more about WWE SmackDown Live as well as a couple of NBA topics that I could start talking about. Um, I also want to talk about the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view or well not pay-per-view because it's on the WWE Network but I wanted to talk a little bit more about that as well so We'll go ahead and get into it. Well, basically, in the future, I plan to have the episode 1, 1.5, and the 1.75. That will be one episode, and it'll probably be just one episode a week, more than likely one episode a week. Um, but yeah, I just kept thinking of stuff to do, and so I just wanted to go ahead and let you guys know what the full episode would be. So... Uh, I watched a little bit of SmackDown. Uh, I watched it without the sound on, kind of. Uh, a couple subtitles so I could look up and read it. Um, and I seen that it actually was not a bad show. Um, they started it off with Charlotte coming out and cutting a heel promo that was good. Every I know everyone was freaking because they they want Becky Lynch in it, but... As my friend from Fight Freak said in their podcast, not three months ago, whenever the original plans for WrestleMania, which was supposed to be Charlotte versus Ronda, uh, came out and there was possibility that that match could get canceled, everyone was like, oh, boo, uh, boycott WWE, cancel WWE Network, and everyone freaking out for no damn reason. And now that match is set, and now everybody's losing their minds, like... You get what you want, and you're still bitching about it. That sounds right. <laughs> now, everyone knows Becky will get her way back into it. Um, you got to show the climb, and I'm actually not sure where they go from here. Uh, like, who would go over in the paper or in WrestleMania? I do know that Ronda defends the, her title at the Elimination Chamber pay per view uh, against um, the hell is it Ruby Riot? And I mean that could be a good match. I would uh I would much rather see her uh, go up against uh, Sonya Deville. Uh, I think that would make more sense uh, to me. Sonya Deville is a better wrestler, but I mean, it's not gonna be great. Like I there's there's select few women wrestlers that I actually care about. All right, let's move it along. Um, we had the the McMiz tag team come out uh for you know this talk show the mcmiz um and they were interrupted by the usos who are another another group threatening to possibly not resign with wwe and go to aew so what happens they come out they have a good segment it wasn't the best depending on what you liked it was fun it was a little funny uh it would hook people and then at the end it had the mish uh take a shot at uh Mandy Rose's fine ass and the whole Jimmy or Jay Uso. I've really still to this day don't know them apart. I don't know which one is married to Naomi or really care. Uh, I actually like the Uso characters. I actually like that they did the change from the traditional Samoan guys to the wannabe thugs, I guess you could say. But like, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But they hit a simultaneously uh, pair of super kicks. And they literally hit them at the exact same time. And what's great is that The Miz and Shane both 
hit the ground at the exact same time. Like it looked like they rehearsed this millions of times. It was great. Okay. And so that's leading us up to that match at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Uh, this match, you could say that it's going to go uh, one of two ways. Um, you could say that it's going to be uh, the Usos take the titles and they do to them what they did to the Revival, which is, hey, you guys talking about leaving the company? You're the new tag champs. Yay. Or they could continue to keep the belts on uh, The Miz and, and Shane McMahon. Now, I know everyone at this point is thinking that they're going to take the titles off of them and they're going to feud in WrestleMania. Um I, I mean, I think the build would be good. Uh, I think the Miz on the mic tearing into Shane would be, would be good TV. But I don't know how that match would do. That would be, you can't have an open WrestleMania because that match has to be great. I would say you would do that match like right before the main event, maybe in between like two matches before the main event, so that the crowd has enough time to rest before hopefully being hot for a good main event. Um, but there's, there's going to be so many good matches, uh, to be honest, uh, the Charlotte, Becky Lynch and Ronda match could, um, I say that because a few years ago to me, the match of the night was Becky versus Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. They did a great job. And that's, that's one of the matches that I'm like, when you keep those three every now and then Bailey, uh, yeah, and like Ronda, that's fine. But like, like I like Alexa Bliss's character. I think she's fine. Uh, I think she's a solid wrestler, and I think she's continued to improve. But like, I don't want to see Carmella, and I don't want to see Nia Jax, and like, I don't want to see all these people with the title. I don't want to see Charlotte and Sasha trading back off, back and forth with the title like they did for a while. And yep, yeah. okay. Anyways, um, after that, we had basically the gauntlet match. Um, I'm not sure because I didn't watch 100% on. I was doing work, and I was kind of watching it with, with it on mute. But I know Daniel Bryan came out with uh, with Eric, and they, he cut a promo. Uh, you know his style of promo now with a Oh, uh, you eat meat eaters. Uh, you you're tearing. You're gonna kill this country or this planet, and I'm the planet's champion, and yada yada yada. And it's just like, yeah, dude, you actually make some good points. But guess what? I'm still gonna eat meat, and I'm still gonna do the exact same shit. Like I'm, it's it's like the Krabby Patty off of SpongeBob. It's made with love, and so are, are steaks. So we'll keep that going. Anyways, the Daniel Bryan character. Uh, this is probably the most enjoyable Daniel Bryan to me. Uh, the Yes Movement was just, I mean, like I said, I want to say in episode one, I'm really not a Daniel Bryan guy. Uh, the Yes Movement, like, it's cool to do. Like, oh, yes, yes, yes. But then it's like, okay, that's cool. But that's about, that's literally all it is. And it's just, he was an indie guy that came in that was undersized, that was fired at first. And obviously you're going to have people behind you and then everyone loves to say yes. So everyone's on your side and whatnot. But to me, this is the most enjoyable Daniel Bryan. He's cutting good promos. He's doing everything right. He's having, you can tell he's having fun again. He's got his career back, which makes him love it. He's cutting hill promos. I'm sure his daughter's sitting at home thinking, my dad's a piece of shit. Um, you know, I mean, he gets to go home and 
hump Bree and probably wish that it was Nikki, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. So then uh, we also find out that Mustafa Ali uh, is suffering from a concussion and he's not going to be able to compete in the elimination chamber, uh, which sucks. But at the same time, I mean, it is what it is. They tell us that. Well, actually, I don't know if they actually told us 100 percent because this is a new day shit. So it is what it is. But uh, while Daniel Bryan's cutting his promo, he gets he gets interrupted by the new day. And the New Day comes out doing their shtick that everyone's tired of. And <clears throat> it's decided that Kofi's going to be in this gauntlet match. And that was a great decision. Uh, over the past few months, really over the past couple of years, uh, we've seen flashes for Big E uh, in matches just him. We've seen flashes of Xavier Woods. He looked incredible in a couple of matches. But the one constant is we just forget how how good Kofi is. In that botch fest uh, in the Rumble, Kofi is just like, oh, okay, maybe it's about time for Kofi to, to ride off into the sunset or, or at least, I don't know, go to AEW, I guess. <laughs> no, but there's actual talks that the New Day might go to AEW just because they want to have a match with uh, the Young Bucks because of their friendship or whatever. I don't fucking know. I don't think – I that's not something that I would just be like, that's great. I I think stylistically the New Day or not the New Day but the Usos and the Young Bucks would have a better match, um, because then I mean you would probably have to put Cody Rhodes with the fucking Bucks to match the trio and I'm just Cody Rhodes is just bland. He's like I said the other yesterday. Zack Ryder is not gonna impact WWE that much. Cody Rhodes isn't either. I don't understand why people are like, yeah, Cody's at the top of his game and yada, yada, yada. And like, oh, yeah, the WWE, they missed out being a... No, they didn't. Would you push Cody over... You're not... Okay, you're not going to push Cody over Brock. You're not going to push Cody over AJ. You're not going to push him over Brian. You're not going to push him over Seth. You're not going to push him over Roman. You're not going to push him over Cena. Like, you're not going to push him over Samoa Joe, Nakamura, Rusev. Like, all these Sheamus, Cesaro. I could go on and on and on. But you're not going to push Cody Rhodes over those guys. And yeah, the Stardust character was stupid and everyone hated it. But what the fuck? Like, Cody Rhodes could have... They could have gave him like complete creative control of his character and there's nothing he was going to do that was going to be that great the dashing cody Rhodes back in the day was fine it was good but his he's bland like he's the guy that just had boots and his little like fucking i don't know what the fuck do you call those little fucking underwear looking things and that's it like he's just bland he's when you get the wwe 2k game that's cody Rhodes is the character that you have when you're just starting out, like before you put anything on him, he just he has his elbow pads, knee pads, boots, and the trunks. That's what they are. The trunks. That's it. Like he he doesn't have any like, oh, I changed my hair blonde. Oh, I changed it back to brown. Like, dude, okay. You're still shitty. Uh, but moving forward, uh back to the gauntlet match. Sorry for getting on these tangents. It's really easy to to get me off my game. I'm sorry. But um basically um, Kofi starts this gauntlet match with, with Daniel Bryan, and he reminds us that Kofi is really good. Kofi and Daniel put on a really good match. And it actually took me off of my, like, doing my work from, like, because I was working from home. 
And I was just like astounded. I was like, man, this is really, really good. Um, wow. Why the heck have I not seen Kofi do this more? And then it started reminding me of Seth Rollins in that gauntlet match a couple, a couple months ago. And I'm, I was just like, wow. Okay. They're showing like maybe these gauntlet matches in like spurts or whatever, like one every blue moon. These actually are used well. And so kudos to you, WWE. And then he eliminates him. And then you have, uh, who came in next? Jeff Hardy, who's a fan favorite that, I mean, his contract's coming up and everyone wants to point to him going to AEW. Jeff needs to just retire. Um, it's over. Your, your music hits and obviously everyone's like, yeah, it's Jeff, but it's not. You don't have something that makes me think you're it. Your your time is come and gone. Uh, you could do Brother Nero, and I would watch it, but I still don't think you would be the champion. Um, maybe United States. I would love to see you with another United States run. I don't want to see him get thrown together with some bullshit tag partner and go from there. Like I don't want that. Like just the only tag partner Jeff should have is Matt, and I don't want Matt to die. So I mean, however you want to do that, that's good. All right. Now, after that, you have Samoa Joe come in, and it tells a perfect story. You have Samoa Joe, who are who's a killer, cold blooded assassin. Samoa Joe, yeah, he comes in and he starts dominating because Kofi's he's exhausted, and then Kofi makes a comeback, and then Kofi gets the win over Samoa Joe, which from a guy who's who's a, a Joe guy, it didn't upset me because. Kofi continued to show how great he is. And then it had Samoa Joe upset, and then he Coquina clutches him at the end outside of the ring, and then like AJ comes out and chases him off. And AJ, being the super baby face that he is, is like, I can't do this. You have to get better. And, and fuck that, dude. If I'm fighting for a championship, if I'm a good guy or not, I'm going to take that win and try to get my my title back. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not going to pick you up and, like, we'll, we'll wait 30 minutes while you recuperate. Like, no, bro. If, I, if I'm down like that, I suggest you do the same. I mean, if that's the case, then no babyface should ever win money in the bank because the way that they cash it in, except for Cena's dumbass, is they run in and they cash it in. There's never a... Like you, you rarely see the. I'm gonna cash this in this Sunday at the pay per view, and yeah, I think Braun Strowman did it, but I, I don't remember. It's Money in the Bank has became pointless to me at this point. Um. Anyways, so then AJ comes out, and then him and Kofi put on a, a, a great match. Um, Kofi has this spot where he goes throw a double knees at AJ in the corner. AJ ducks. Kofi's knees hit the uh, post. It's man, it was good. Uh, and the match ended with uh, Kofi missing Trouble in Paradise, and then AJ catching him in the calf crusher, which is something I said yesterday. Is I miss when it was it was harder to to call AJ spots, and it was good. Like I was I was proud. Like it, I I like how AJ has been here lately, winning matches with his three different finishers: the calf crusher. The Styles Clash and the Phenomenal Forearm. Like, I like that. Throwing a spiral tap. No, don't do that. You're too old. You might hurt yourself for real. Uh, and then, obviously, what everyone hated happens. And it's another guy that's linked to AEW. Um, 
his music hits, I hear voices in my head. And AJ's, come on, buddy, get your ass down here so I can fight you. And RKO out of nowhere, which was a meme four years ago, and it was great. But it's like, hey, dude, let's move forward. Let's, like, I mean, I think Randy can still put on good matches. But I still think that Randy's style is boring to people. Uh, I think it can, it, it's good in spurts. I think that you would have to put Randy more with guys like, Ray Mysterio to show why he's grounding them because they're high flyers. But I mean, you can't really put him with a technical guy. Uh, I mean, you can put him with your AJs and stuff too, but AJ is more technical than he is high flyer. He does some of the flying around, but AJ, AJ is a, a great, well rounded wrestler, which is good. And then you have it, and you have SmackDown, and they're going into the chamber uh, this Sunday. Now, a few call-outs from the world of WWE. Um, first off, uh, I've seen on Raw that Kevin Owens should be coming back within the next month. Uh, and I've seen on these uh, social media sites that he might come back as a babyface. And that's cool. Um, I'm sure it's... I'm sure they're going to flip him before too long. Uh, KO is a perfect heel. Um, he can cut some good promos. He he can be f- a funny heel like he was with Jericho. And he can be, when he needs to be serious, he can be really serious and be a serious heel as well. Uh, he's perfect. I think it doesn't matter what they have him as. He's going to get cheered regardless, except when he does something like beat the shit out of Jericho. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which was, that was really well done. <laughs> that was, that was great. But um Something else I've already mentioned, Randy Orton has been linked to AEW, Goldberg and Batista have been linked, which if they start doing stuff like that, they are fucking up. I know they want the the star power and the, the, some of the TV deals are like, we want Goldberg and that'll help us. Like that makes sense. But at the same time, like, well, actually, I think Goldberg would be fine. But like Batista, I don't know what else you can do, man. Like your last... Your last run with the company was with WWE was terrible, um, and then you quit again. So it's like, oh, okay, well, just bring him here, so then we can he can get tired of it, or his contract can end, and then we can do the third straight. I quit, yay, yeah. Now, besides him, uh, I said the Usos have been linked to AEW. Uh, the New Day have been linked to AEW. Um, just it's like everybody every it's like oh my god uh kevin owens contract is up in 2021 or whatever 2022 something like that but he's linked to aew and it's like what the fuck every wrestler that's still alive that that's not wrestling they're just coming out with stories oh they're going to aew and it's i mean they're, they're, i'm sure aew is reaching out i don't understand why they wouldn't but i don't think that it just these these motherfuckers are now nowadays are just they're just trying to get a fucking story and and they they want to get so mad whenever fucking wrestlers don't want to sign autographs for them and shit dude fuck you if you if i read a story that you wrote even if it's like one of these podcasts like if i shit on fucking if i'm shitting on vince mcmahon saying that he's just a scumbag every episode and then i see him and i go up to him and i'm like vince man you're so awesome. Like, will you sign my son's shirt? And then he, he hawks a loogie, spits in my face, and then says, I'll never sign shit for your son. Like, I, I did it. I Like, 
I'm not going to fucking pout and be like, hey, man, that's disrespectful. Like, I mean, we might fight and he'll probably kick my ass because he's a big guy. But I mean, fuck that. But yeah, I really don't have much to talk about uh, about the weekly episodic for WWE. I'll get into the the chamber matches uh, going forward. Um, I think the first few matches I've kind of talked about. I know the women's rumble or the women's chamber match. Uh, nobody really cares about. I think it has the chance of being good. The well, it's not even the women's chamber match. It's the women's tag team chamber match, and it's cool because it's like, oh, women have tag champs, but it's just. I mean, think about it this way: the women's champion on SmackDown was has not been seen since since having a great win over Becky Lynch, the man at the Rumble, and she has been rarely used. But we're bringing more championships to women wrestling or to the company period okay let that sink in uh predictions who do i think is gonna win i'm just gonna go with you know i'm actually gonna go with mandy rose and sonya deville and the reason i say that is because everyone's thinking that bailey and sasha are gonna win i think they're gonna throw a curveball and then have them bitches fight again or some shit like that like oh yeah because yeah that's how shit works uh, I think Ronda mows Sonya, or not Sonya Deville, but uh, Ruby Riot down. I think she just runs straight through her. Don't really care. Uh, it would be the piss or give my son a bath uh, match. Um, after that, what, what do we have? The WWE Championship is getting defended in the Elimination Chamber match. Um, I see Daniel hanging on to it. I think they do some loot, like some screwy shit where Harper comes back too, and he sides with Rowan, obviously, and the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick is straight dropped, and that saddens me because it just does. But, I mean, that's what I think happens. Um, Daniel picks up the win, goes on to face probably, at this point, Triple H at WrestleMania. I don't know where they go. I mean, he's had his matches with AJ. He's a, a fan favorite, or he's a no, sorry, he's a heel. Uh, I mean, Mustafa Ali possibly. I think they would have a good match. Uh, I think they could semi try to turn uh, almost uh, babyface before. I don't think they will. Um, he could do. They could do Ray. It doesn't make much sense. I mean, Jeff. I, I just don't know. Uh, I would love to see a triple threat. Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, Samoa Joe, and AJ Styles at Mania. Like I think that would be really good. And it, it could be something that they could open the show with. Because it's going to deliver. Well, it should deliver. But, I mean, AJ versus Nakamura should have too. And, I mean, it was a good match. But it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So. But, yeah. Uh, I I think it's. Uh, we have possibility for that that's what i'm hoping i don't want to sound like i'm i'm predicting everything like that's that's what my heart is saying basically now obviously brock's not going to defend and since seth is hurt uh he's not going to do anything crazy uh i know the men's the men should have a damn Elimination Chamber match at for the I don't I actually I have been I I've been disconnected so I I mean I've watched it a little but not much uh I don't know if there's actually a raw raw fucking men's Elimination Chamber shit 
Um, I mean, they're doing a lot. I know, like, Finn Balor's talking about taking the Intercontinental Championship away from Bobby, uh, Bobby Lashley. So I'm guessing they're going to be have a match or something like that. And I also think that there's just a lot of things going on. I don't know. The one thing that me and my buds from Fight Freaks, again, I'm Fight Freaks Pod out on Twitter. Uh, Fight Freaks, you can look them up on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, great po- podcast. Uh, Diego is about to be a professional fighter, and I would love to attend his fights. Um, my uncle, I don't know if he knows. My uncle actually used to be a boxer. He actually boxed on uh, he boxed on ESPN two. Um, I think around two thousand five, two thousand four, two thousand five. He lost in a decision, but I mean, it was really cool to see my uncle fighting from or on ESPN two, and it's from he's from Oklahoma. Like it's cool as shit. Uh, but yeah, I used to work with Tank. Um, yeah, but yeah, Fight Freaks pod, everybody, uh, go show some love. Um, hopefully, we can get some Fight Freaks uh, merch come out and. Start start repping all that. Oklahoma City. Let's go. But yeah, uh, I was talking to them and or talking to him about how uh how the the state of wrestling is right now, man. It's it's bad and I just I lost my train of thought too, but I don't know, man. It's 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 good but it's not and I just I'm gonna watch it obviously and i might not watch it i might just read but it's i mean it's hard to be great at everything you do and i also think that people get caught up in the uh looking back at it i don't really think that anyone thought that the attitude error or the ruthless ruthless aggression error was good while it was in it uh i can remember watching raw and being mad as shit in the ruthless aggression error just being like man triple h is the champ again like why is triple h beating goldberg and scott steiner and like all these people and why is Tess just big booting people and getting ran through and stuff and then you watch smackdown and smackdown was great when Heyman was running it it was great you had really the best star you had ray eddie chris benoit before he snapped uh lesnar a young hungry lesnar kurt angle like you had all these people edge uh, I mean, Chavo, just on and on and on. Uh, Matt Hardy version one. Uh, all these people, and and it's just crazy. And then once the ev- evolution came on, uh, f- to Raw, it was good then. And then yeah, but I don't. I can remember during looking at it and being like, this shit, it's not really that good. So, I mean, I think once you look back on it, you can look back like two or three years ago, whenever it was mad, and everyone's bitching about the authority, and it's like. Now you look at it and you're like, man, there were some good times in that. I can remember this. I can remember that. Like, yeah, you just done like living through it, but it wasn't terrible. So chill the fuck out. All right. Well, since we're entering the 27 minute uh, spot, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and jump straight into the NBA segments that I plan to do. So basically, what I'm going to talk about uh, at least once a week on the podcast. Uh, I'll talk about um, my MVP front runners every week. Uh, just rank them. I'm not going to put them in any order this week because I haven't really prepared much. I'm just going off of just my gut. And this is top five. And at number five, uh, I'm going to say Nikola uh, Jokic from Denver. And I know people people won't agree with me, but this guy has been tremendous. Uh, he's been dropping triple doubles. He had a game winner last night, I believe. He's He's putting up some good numbers for a young center in the NBA at a position that's 
quote unquote dead. He's put on some great numbers, and it's cool to watch him. He's still young, uh, like the sky's the limit for him. Uh, at number four, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Steph Curry. I know people, especially being from Oklahoma, people are gonna they're gonna get onto me about like what are you doing? No, hex, no, that's that's crazy. It should be Russ, and Russ is at my six, but I just I I can't. I can't put Russ in my top five for MVP because he's he's having his worst shooting percentage from the field as well as uh, from three, as well as the free throw line since his se- second year in the league. So I'm not going to put you in my top five whenever you're struggling. Like, yeah, you're you're getting these triple doubles, man. And that's great. You're 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 going to be in the, the record books forever. But like, bro, you're not going to be an MVP shooting 60 percent from the line. Like I'm a Lakers fan. We shoot 68 percent as a team and i hate it it's like nobody on that team is great and yeah like lebron probably wouldn't even be in my top 10 for mvps which is crazy to say that all right well he's number four number three i'm gonna go james harden and i know people are gonna be like what are you serious he's that low he's my mvp hear me out for me i'm picking my mvp based on all-around game and you're not going to just be an offensive minded player and have like I hate this mindset of this guy has he averages two steals a game and he plays no like no you can jump passing lanes and whatnot but and you can you can play good he plays good defense in the post actually he's he's built really well for it but he does he still he runs away from defense LeBron does the same thing and like his 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 numbers are great and I'm, he's had to carry the Rockets uh from all the injuries and whatnot so. That has been good. Uh, like I said, right now he's number three. Uh, he could do – He, I mean, in the NBA, you're, it's, we're about to go into all-star break. All-star break starts, I think, this weekend is all-star weekend, um, which, I mean, I could, I, I'll talk about on the podcast next week. Uh, some, some stuff going on after – like we can talk about that as well. Number two, uh, I'm going to say Paul George right now. Now, why Paul George is at two and not number one for me? Simply because at this point last year, Paul George was balling. He was shooting career high in three-pointers, I believe. He was like Russ's, it was like Batman and Superman. It wasn't Batman and Robin. It was Batman and Superman. Um, He was like incredible. And then all-star break happened, and then he just fell off a cliff. Now, I I don't want to say that I'm holding that against him. But you got to show me, bro. You got to come out of this all-star break, and you got to keep doing what you're doing. And if you do that, since you do play both sides of the ball, you might be able to get into my leaderboard, like the top, the top spot, bro. Because I've always loved Paul George. After he dunked on Birdman uh, when he was in Indiana and Birdman was in Miami in that playoff series, I was like, I don't know this guy who's been in the league for two years, but that's my guy now. He's humble. He's cool, laid back, and he's smooth. Like that's that's like I like Paul George. I'm I'm a Lakers fan. Said it. I'll, you'll hear me say it all the time. Uh, LeBron's on on my squad, and LeBron's supposed to be the best player in the world. But I would rather have Paul George at this point. Like, and it's not just because Paul George is is playing way better. It's because at this point in their careers, Paul George is, plays defense, and LeBron doesn't. It's flat out. Uh, Paul George, he can. Paul George, any of those players in the NBA can get triple doubles. Uh, that's the thing that kills me about Russ. Russ gets them, and like I can't argue that. 
But like you can't like LeBron if he set his mind to it he could do it. Paul George if he set his mind to it and Russ backed off he could do it. Um, there's a lot of players that could do it. It's 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 crazy. Number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and yes, I did not stutter saying his name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. The reason Giannis is my number one is because he is the only player that's been doing it from game one until now. His team has been at the top of the East all year. He's been balling. And think about this. Giannis is not a shooter. In today's day and age, in today's NBA, you have to be you have to shoot threes. You have to be Steph Curry and handles and all when you think of Giannis, you think of Duncan and, and like shot blocking and long and athletic. You don't think about like this man drops points and he passes and he rebounds and he blocks shots and he does all this and he is literally carrying Milwaukee. You can't think of anybody else on Milwaukee's team. I can because I love the NBA. But like who else is on their team that you're just like, man, that player is great? No, nobody. And he's in the Eastern Conference, which is now actually not the Eastern Conference to me. And LeBron left, which is wild. You would never think about that. And yeah. Now, since that is, we can talk about a few headlines in the NBA. Uh, Lakers are, will not fire Luke Walton. Uh, Jeannie Buss came out and said he'll at least be the coach for the end of the year. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. I still think uh, we need a spark. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, Draymond Green, I guess, was given a flagrant or a technical or something last night uh, in the game against Portland for Golden State. Uh, he said that he is officiated differently. And my thoughts to that is if you're kicking people in the dick, you're probably going to get officiated different. You don't think Dennis Rodman was getting officiated different? You don't think Ron Artest was getting officiated different? Especially after he ran in the stands, like, obviously. Um, so Draymond, shut your donkey from Shrek looking ass up. Um, yeah, the Warriors dropped the game to Portland. I don't really think it means anything. It's really hard to play in Portland. Uh Steve Kerr was actually ejected from that game, which is doesn't shock me. Steve Kerr is a really – to me, Steve Kerr is a guy that the players actually love playing for, and I wish we could get that in L.A. It would be amazing. Uh, going into all-star break, the Lakers aren't even – they're in like the 10 spot to make to – trying to make the playoffs, and you, they take the top eight. It's not looking too good. The Thunder, though, hometown team, they are sitting – uh, as the three, and I believe they're one game out of second place, if not a half game. So that's pretty exciting, and they're looking great. Uh, Russ is playing well. Um, Steven Adams, you're going to get what you're going to get from Steven Adams. He's a hard-nosed player, big body, strong. Um, Jeremy Grant's playing well, defending the rim. He's shooting three ball a little bit better this year. Uh, Paul George, obviously, he's my number two on the MVP race. Um Bench has been looking great. Schroeder didn't play. Uh, Raymond Felton stepped in, played well. Um, all these guys are playing well. NATO, uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all these young guys whose names is slipping my mind right now, they're playing great. Uh, I don't know if at this moment I think they could beat the Thunder. Um, or not the Thunder, but the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors, you think about it, they're still slowly putting Boogie into it. And they, they, they haven't diminished. That was one thing that I thought would happen. Or I was hoping happened that they would put they would slide Boogie in and Boogie would demand more ball touches, more shots, and and he's not. And it's just that to me that's a testament to Steve Kerr. 
uh, and the, the guys around, like you, you get Kevin Durant and you guys still play the same brand of basketball. You get Boogie to that team and you play the same brand of basketball. And it's just crazy that, that like kudos to Steve Kerr. You learned under pop. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, other than that, I'll just talk a little Lakers, uh, and then I'll talk a little NFL as well. Uh, the Lakers, here's a shoot on them. Um, Lakers, you guys literally have killed me. You go from the four spot to the 10 spot when LeBron's hurt. LeBron's back. Everyone thinks it's going to be great. We don't play any defense like Lonzo. Not. Right now, we, we have to pick up Marquise or Melo. And I know Melo is not, nobody wants to hear it. But I think, I'm hoping if they pick up Melo, it's because Melo is driven. Melo's upset that the, he, he was going to not be signed by any NBA team. Uh, and give him a chance. So I think a committed mellow playing with his brother LeBron would be good. And I mean, it would help us in free throw shooting, everything like that. It would be good. Um, or Markeith, he's going to play a hard defense. Alonzo's coming back. Just help. Just make the fucking playoffs. That's all I ask for you guys. That's literally all I'm asking. Make the fucking playoffs and I will be happy. Now... Is there any other stories in the NBA that I want to talk to you guys about? Um, no. Um, I mean, you have your guy, your teams in the top of the East. Uh, you have your teams in top of the West, and then you have everyone else. That's basically how it is. Uh, I think the Eastern Conference in the playoffs uh, could be a little bit funner, um, but in the Western Conference, I don't because the top, the top three seeds, which is uh, Golden State. Denver and uh, Golden State, Denver, Denver, and then Oklahoma City. If you like, say the Lakers squeeze in at eight, the Lakers aren't going to beat Golden State in a seven game series. And then at number two, you probably get like San Antonio or something. They're not going to beat Denver in a seven game series. Denver is too young and they're actually deeper now, especially since Isaiah Thomas is coming back tonight. And then number three, team three, OKC, is they're not going to lose. It's. I can almost guarantee that Russ will put the team on his back if he if Paul George is bullshit. Russ will go away from this triple double thing and he will just get to the rim and he's not losing in the first round again. I can almost guarantee that. So yeah, well that's enough NBA. We'll move along to uh, the NFL. Uh, NFL is slow. Uh, I'll probably talk a little bit less. Uh, I'm I'm hoping this podcast uh, will turn into a WWE uh, MMA thing. Uh, I'll leave strictly boxing to uh, my Fight Freaks guys. And I'll also probably stay away from constant MMA news uh, like they do because I actually like listening to the Fight Freaks to get my information. Um, I also will talk NBA and NFL. Uh, and NFL news, it's off offseason. Um, nothing's really happening too much. Uh, you hear rumblings of Antonio Brown trades. The draft is coming up. Kyler Murray's going to play football and not not baseball. Uh, I'm sure if he doesn't get drafted high enough, he's going to go play baseball because fuck that. But, I mean, just wherever pays him the most, he's got options, I guess you could say. Um, but at the end, who cares? The dra- Like I said, the draft is coming up. Um, we have what, three, four, five months. Oh, it's February, March, April, May, June, July, August. So six months until 
uh, preseason kicks off and nobody gives a shit about preseason. And, um, it's just, it's going to be weird. Uh, I know we have this new AAF uh, or, yeah, AAF league that the first week looked fantastic. Uh, it was dominating the, like, social media. Uh, I seen this quarterback get fucked up and there was no flag. And I was just like, holy shit. This was like 2000s era of football. Like, they fucked him up. And, yeah, and there's a lot of names that I actually know from, like, OU former OU players to smaller names and that I thought I would see in the XFL. And they're in this league, so... I mean, I wonder if it's something to that Vinnie Mac's going to have to, because, I mean, that Bob Stoops announcement, it was good, but, dude, I don't know. You, you better come with your A-game events, because they will, obviously. But I'm 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 curious to see how Week 2 looks in it. Uh, yeah, there were some good names. You got Trent Richardson. He was a bust in the NFL. But, I mean, who knows how that story could play out. Uh, you have basically guys that are out there that are fighting to get back into the NFL because no matter what league you play in, that's what you want to do. And in terms, it's like you can be in Ring of Honor and tell yourself that you're happy, but at the end of the day, you want to be in WWE. That's just flat out. Unless you go to the WWE and then you get shit on, like Neville or something, uh, then you think like, okay, I don't want to go back. But you'll probably end up going back anyways because what the fuck else is there for you to do? Have three matches with fucking Cody Rhodes and think that you're just... Oh, yeah, these were five-star matches because fucking Dave Meltzer's bitch ass said they were five stars. Like, no, it wasn't. It was a three-star match, but he's just trying to say it to get to... To me, Dave Meltzer just appeals to indie crowds because he thinks that's who watches him the most, the internet fans, and he wants to appeal to them. Any indies, NJPW, Ring of Honor matches that are good, really good matches, five stars. WWE matches, they can be good, three and a half two stars, something like that. NXT matches will get four and a half, four and three quarters, and then you'll get your five-star matches occasionally, like your uh, Ciampa and Gargano matches, which I think they did that too many times. It reminded me of the fucking Cena and Orton matches back in the day. Like, oh, shit, we haven't wrestled in three weeks. We're going back at it. But, yeah, guys, uh, like I said, I just wanted to show more structure in this uh, and – show you guys, talk about what I want to talk about moving forward and how I will go about it. I'll try to talk about the weekly episodic episodes of Raw. Uh, I'll probably drop my episodes every Thursday. Um, I will basically, I mean, I'm, I might do it Tuesday night after SmackDown, who knows. Uh, I don't want to do it as the same day as uh, the Fight Freaks. I want to respect their Wednesdays. Uh, those are my boys, and I love listening to them. So I'm going to respect them and not wa- or not take their day. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I want to do weekly episodic episodes, talk about the pay-per-views, if there was a pay-per-view, you could throw in some big lit name, uh, MMA news, I could possibly do that, uh, I don't want to dive into it too much, um, I want to talk a little bit NBA since it's hot right now, uh, I won't talk March Madness, I'm not going to, there's not b- very big headlines there, it's just teams, um, you don't have superstar superstars, so I'm gonna leave that alone. Uh, and then NFL, there's uh, news there every, every week. Uh, it might be something small, but it's something that it's something that could change the landscape of it. I guess you could say, uh, make good teams, make a team that's good, shitty. Uh, who knows? But uh, for episode 1.75, uh, BMW WWE signing off.